This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Now, from BetQL, it's time for the Daily Tip with Michael Jenkins. Dang it, he's talented. And let's be honest, I go for ambition, not luck. And Chelsea Messenger. Don't kill the messenger, or the messenger will kill you. Hey, Dad, don't forget about me, the dunkster. Presented by BetMGM. Good morning, everyone. It is the Daily Tip from BetQL, presented by BetMGM. Great to have you along with us on a Friday. We can still call it a football Friday because the Super Bowl is next week. Coming up in the next hour, we'll get into what should be a huge weekend in college basketball with four matchups in the top ten alone. That has never happened ever in the history of college hoops. At 720, we'll delve into today's schedule in the NBA. And I got to tell you, it stinks. This is a bad slate of games tonight, but we'll try and come up with some picks for you nonetheless. And then it's 740. I cannot wait for this. Oh, man. I've been waiting for this all week. Why Chiefs fans are now regarded as the most hated in the NFL, at least according to Twitter or X, however you want to put it. Chelsea, you and I did three days ago. I caught someone on our front stoop trying to steal from us. I sure did. Busted in the act. When we get Amazon deliveries here in the city, and every now and then here in D.C., we get these backup drivers, and they don't follow these simple instructions, which is just hit these four numbers on the keypad, drop the packages inside. A child could do it. A caveman could do it. It's really easy. But they get lazy, and they just drop the packages right outside the door. And when you're living in the middle of Washington, D.C., I can assure you, if you leave packages outside long enough, they will get stolen. So I get an email notification like, hey, your Amazon packages have arrived. I'm like, okay, cool. We've had an issue with them being left outside of our door. I'll go and check, and I'll take the trash out while I'm at it. So I go downstairs, and I see, of course, they're right outside the door. And then I go downstairs into this little like kind of like an underground hallway if that makes sense where our trash bins are drop off the trash i'm walking back up and i think okay i'll just grab these packages and take them inside as i'm walking back up the stairs to go up to our stoop where the packages are located i hear someone messing with the packages like i like it's one of those packages where there's the the bubble wrap right Mm -hmm. And you can hear that. I'm like, who is, is there a rat? Is Who is messing with our packages? 
And I turn around and I look and there is a guy sitting, kind of looking around at the door, smoking a cigarette. And he's got his hand on one of these packages about to grab it. His bike is right in front. And on the back of his bike, a little box that he can just throw stuff in. And so I immediately turn to look at him. He goes, oh, hey. I go, you need to leave right now. He's like, okay, boom, gone. Sure enough, he was looking around and just waiting for his chance to take those packages. And that's why I'm a hero. <laughs> but I, but it, I mean, that's why you need to put the packages inside. But also, it's kind of disheartening. I'm glad I busted the guy. But also, man, so close. He could have taken away the, what did I order? What was in that package? Oh, yeah. You could have gotten some spray paint that I got for the deck. Woo, that would have been awesome for you. Huge. Anyway, I'm glad I busted him before he took our package because there were other packages there besides ours. So what do these people do? Do they take the packages and then try to return them for money? Like, that's all I can think of because I don't think he's using the spray paint. Oh, they don't know what's in them. I think they just take them to see if they can, you know, if they, they can sell the items. They can say, oh, I could use this. So they could put them online, all sorts of different ways to make money. Or just every now and then you could order something expensive off of Amazon. You know, it could be something that is a piece of electronics. It could be a piece of clothing. It could be anything. So it's almost like, hey, let me just take these packages and just maybe I'll luck out and end up with something that I want or something I can sell. Yeah, it's like his own little version of Antiques Roadshow. Or what was that show with the storage uh, storage wars? Did you ever yeah, watch yeah. that where they go through the, the storage units and try to find treasure? I will yeah. say if I'm going to steal something, that does feel like it has a certain thrill to it. Like you're like, I wonder what I got. Wonder what I got. Wonder what I got. Yeah. You know, I'm obviously not condoning it. Do you remember when those type of shows were super popular? Storage wars? I, I It's funny you said that because I used to watch Storage Wars all the time, like all the time. And so there, there is a thrill of, hey, am I going to hit the jackpot here? Is there something hidden here that's worth so much? Or am I going to open up this trunk and there's just going to be a bunch of dust and maybe like three plates inside? You know, you just never know. But that's part of the fun is rolling the dice and thinking maybe I'm onto something here. I think it's very similar. I think you're right. God, those people are like celebrities. I've got to look up the cast because I feel like they had a good cast. Let's see. Cast of storage wars, because I remember there was like the husband and wife. Mm -hmm. And then there was the guy that had like the glasses that everybody hated, like the nerdy mm -hmm. guy. Do you remember who I'm talking about? I think his name was Dave. I think so. Old Dave. I think I remember. This has been a while, but I think I know who you're talking about. I don't know yep. why I got away from watching that show. Yep. Yep. Exactly. Oh, that's right. Oh, that's right. He was so annoying. Everybody hated that guy. Yeah, I remember him now. wonder what they're uh, up to. Well, I can assure you, if, if you're stealing my Amazon packages, you are not getting anything great. Oh, did you find yourself with some speckle? Oh, congratulations. I hope you like that that small speckle tool that came with it that cost me $1.89. You're not getting anything from me. But hopefully that will discourage. It probably won't other people from trying to steal our packages. Amazon, just please, just deliver them inside. It's so simple. Chelsea, if you're going to stay inside this weekend, like you need to because I know you aren't feeling well, you have a plethora of great college basketball games for Woods to choose. 
for the first time ever, four top 10 matchups in one weekend. Number four, Houston at number eight, Kansas. Number seven, Duke at number three, North Carolina. Number five, Tennessee at number 10, Kentucky. Number two, Purdue at number six, Wisconsin. This is going to be awesome. So do you have a favorite game, a preferred matchup? And are you placing any bets here, even though we're still waiting for the lines to come out? I'm interested. I'm interested to see if the theme of this year continues on this weekend. And that is home teams in some of these big conferences. I've said it plenty of times because I'm looking at Kim Palm. I don't know the lines on these games, but usually they are pretty similar to what we see over at Kim Palm. Kansas, it looks like, will be getting points at home against Houston. Kim Palm has it. Houston winning 69 to 64. So, Jenks, we know that Allen Fieldhouse has one of the best home court mm-hmm. advantages in probably all of college hoops. Would you take the points if they were offered with Kansas? Nope. I'm on the Cougs. I love the Cougs. I I believe. Don't you think everyone and their dog will grab points with Kansas at home? Wouldn't that be just your natural instinct? And I understand why. You'd be like, dude, of course I'm taking Kansas. But that line doesn't make any sense to me. And I understand that Houston is better at home than they have been on the road. Matt is pointing that out as we speak in the chat. But I, I'm i just high on Houston. I'm high, After we were talking about futures yesterday and how they play defense and how they hit the boards, and I think they'll be amped up for this one. And I don't think that Kansas – like the fact that Kansas is getting points to me is almost a red flag. Like why in the hell is Kansas getting points at home? I feel like – Well, I should – I should notice that it's not the actual line. Yes, this correct. This is the Kim line. Yes, yes. So, so the line is, could be different. Yes. So this is all this is all speculation because we don't have the lines yet. So that's a very good point. We think it should be based on Kim Palm. It will probably be around this. Maybe we'll be surprised. Mm-hmm. But it's more. It's it's not so much an indictment of Kansas so much as it is a line that doesn't make a whole lot of sense to me. So I would probably look at the other side. I have a feeling you would definitely be on Kansas. Am I wrong? No, I think this is one where you can tell how much home court advantage matters because you can look at the discrepancy between the Kim Palm line and what they post on the actual betting line because we've seen this. There has been discrepancies between what we see on Kim Palm and what we see on the actual line based on some of these home court advantages. And I think you do look at Kansas at home. I don't think they've lost a single game at home this year. All of their losses have been either neutral court or away from home. But this will still be a great test for Kansas. And you know what they say about defense? It certainly travels. Houston, the best defensive team in the country. So I'm not running to take the points with Kansas. But I do think this is probably going to be a close game. Because Kim Bob has it at five. Because like, mm-hmm. that's the other thing. The line matters here. If we are talking about a three-point line, a.k.a. a one-possession game, maybe you take Houston. But if this line is closer to six, you know, then I will be starting uh, to get a little bit more interested in Kansas. So I think this is a good strategy to try to see the discrepancy between Kim Palm and uh, the lines, and you kind of see how much the odds makers put on home court advantage or even teams that just recently have been really good. Duke, North Carolina, tomorrow night, 6.30 in Chapel Hill. I know you cannot stand either of these teams because you went to NC State. So 
I don't have Ken Palm right in front of me. I think you probably do. I don't know what mm -hmm. the projected line would be here, but I would I would lean Carolina based on their experience, based on the fact it's in Chapel Hill. And again, this is not just picking outright winners. We need to see what the number is. The number clearly matters. I would probably lean UNC. What say you? I bet this line is probably tighter than what we see on Kim Palm because it is a huge rivalry matchup. Yeah. And that's not something that I think is in the numbers over at Kim Palm, but they have North Carolina winning this one 78 to 73. I do think it's going to be high scoring because uh, we know North Carolina can score one of uh, the best offenses in the game and also their defense right now sitting at fourth overall in the nation. One of those teams that kind of fit the matrix of teams who have won it all in past years. We've brought up the metrics since 2002. Every single national champion has had at least a top 40 offense and a top 25 defense. So North Carolina, one of the teams that fit the bill. Do you think that Carolina's last loss, a kind of humbling loss against yeah. Georgia Tech, is something that maybe was due to their lack of focus, looking ahead towards Duke? Or do you think it is a cause for concern? I don't think it's a cause for concern because Carolina had been playing really well before that. And also, I could be mistaken here, but Georgia Tech has been this really weird Jekyll and Hyde team this year where they're not a great basketball team, but then they have like three wins against top 25 teams. So when they put it together, they've actually challenged some, some of the better teams in the country. And also, I think getting ready for a rivalry game like this, maybe it was that classic sandwich spot or – uh, not necessarily a letdown spot, but you're just looking ahead, right? You're looking ahead and you're thinking, we don't have to worry about mm -hmm. Georgia Tech. Let's get ready for our arch rival in Chapel Hill. So I actually like UNC better coming off a loss because they're good enough now where we know this is probably just a blip on the radar and they will be hyper-focused, especially coming off a loss to the Yellow Jackets. Well, and also UNC already has some really good wins under their belt. So they have proven that they can contend with the, the big dogs in college mm -hmm. basketball. Already a win over Tennessee, which was a very good defensive squad, beat them uh, 100 to 92 earlier in the season. They have beaten, let's see who else. I feel like that's probably their best win. Like mm -hmm. Wake Forest, that's not really moving the needle for me. I would say that the ACC top to bottom is pretty solid. But still, this is one that you're going to point to on the resume when it comes to seeding in March Madness. So big game for both. We know rivalry matchups. Normally, I like to take the points, but I feel like I would lean towards UNC. How much does it make you nervous not taking the points with an underdog in a rivalry matchup? Well, the problem with me is I hate Duke. I can't stand Duke. And I get it, though. Generally, when you're talking about this is – the best rival in college basketball, right? So mm -hmm. when you're talking, if it's too many points, and I agree with you that you can take the Ken Palm line and it looks like we're going to see Carolina by like five. I mean, it's kind of right there where that is a lot of points in a game that is generally very, very close, regardless of whether it's being played in Durham or Chapel Hill. So when you look at a number like that, it does make me nervous because when, when it's something this intense, that seems like a lot of points. Even though we've already kind of seen a similar matchup in this regard when we saw Alabama and Auburn square off. That's mm -hmm. another big rivalry. Maybe people don't think of it as a basketball rivalry, but still, the Iron Bowl of anything is a big deal. Auburn was going on the road getting points at Alabama. 
Alabama was the play. Auburn kind of fizzled down the stretch. And you could hear how much the home court advantage mattered to Alabama. So I think this one kind of goes in a similar fashion. Yeah, I think you're right. Now, you mentioned Tennessee and that Carolina went over the Vols. The Vols will be in Lexington this weekend on Saturday night at 8.30. Number five, Tennessee. Number 10, Kentucky. So both of these teams looking for a little bounce back. Tennessee coming off a loss to a very good South Carolina club. And then Kentucky banged up, losing on the road in overtime to Florida. That should be another great matchup. I I don't know what to think, but if you're going to look at this game, the one thing you have to do is make sure the Wildcats are healthy because last time out against the Gators, DJ Wagner out, Justin Edwards out. That will certainly affect the number and how you might bet it. Coming up next year on the show, if you like the Hawks and the Grizzlies, ah. Oh, so we have an NBA schedule for you. We're going to try to make our picks and leans of the association. It is a daily tip for BetQL presented by BetMGM. Chelsea and Jenks will be right back on the daily tip presented by BetMGM on the BetQL network. Welcome back to the daily tip presented by BetMGM with Michael Jenkins and Chelsea Messenger on the BetQL network. Back to the show. I like this double D. Takes me back. Daily Tipper make you out presented by that MGM. I'm Jake. She is Chelsea coming up. Hawks, Grizzlies, Wizards, Pistons. Look over today's NBA slate. Not a good one. You know what? There's still action to be had. Maybe you can find an edge here. We'll try for you. But we've seen better schedules in the National Basketball Association. This Alabama baseball coach betting story is absolutely bonkers. Bonkers. Brad Bohannon, former ex-Alabama baseball coach, was fired in May because of an investigation into suspicious betting. And it was because of a game that took place on April 28th of last year between Alabama and LSU. And essentially, what Bohannon did was realize that the guy who was going to be his starting pitcher was not going to play. He should know that. He's a head coach. But before that information was made public, he texted a buddy of his and said, Hey, our starting pitcher is out. Put a hundred grand on LSU to beat us before this information gets out and before I have to relay this information to LSU. So first of all, there's a reason why that now Brad Bohannon will not be coaching anywhere, probably ever. He has a 15-year show cause against him, which means if he gets hired by any school, they cannot let him coach for five full years before he's allowed to start coaching. No one's going to do that. But when he texted this guy to place these bets, This better, this human being, has to be one of the dumbest people on earth. So he tried to place, after getting a message from this Alabama head baseball coach, he tried to place a $100,000 bet on LSU at BetMGM. Good choice there. At Great American Ballpark in Cincinnati. The sportsbook said, no, we're going to give you a limit of $15,000. So he continued 
to try to place additional wagers. But then he started acting really suspicious. And this is one of the reasons why he got busted is because they said, okay, we're only going to let you bet so much. He started going over to members of the staff and saying things like, my bet for sure is going to win. And if you guys only knew what I knew. And he also went over to members of the staff and started showing them text messages from the Alabama head coach, Brad Bohannon, saying, look, this is the Alabama head coach. He's telling me the starting pitcher isn't going to go today. And they're like, dude, could you be, could you give away any more, could you give away any more information to let us know that what's happening here is shady and illegal? So of course they got busted. What an absolute moron. Yeah, imagine if this guy was like in the mob and he was like going to do something. And he was like, if you guys only knew who my boss was, let Mm -hmm. me show you these text messages. This is from John Gotti himself. Like that guy would be dead. Like I think the number one rule of doing something illegal or sketchy or shady Mm -hmm. is uh, not pointing to your source and why you are doing these things. Like clearly this person had no insider or no knowledge of insider information and how that works, you know, and Mm -hmm. why that is a crime. But this is just funny to me too, because he could have bet all this money on his team to lose, but baseball is a game in which no matter, you know, the difference in talent, there is a Mm -hmm. chance the other side can still win the game. Like we see it all the time in major league baseball. How many times have we seen a massive favorite? You know, the Dodgers are like, minus 340 on the money line and somehow the other team wins like what would have happened if Alabama won the game like they got some kind of timely hit they Mm -hmm. won the game he lost his bet and now he would be you know on a 10-year ban or whatever it is like this could have gone really poorly like it went badly but it could have gone even worse Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda, you never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Imagine if you're Bohannon and you're managing that game and you're like, Chip, get in there. You're like, Coach, I'm, I'm the trainer. I don't care. It's your time. Get in there. Suit up. Let's go. Like you're actively trying to sabotage the game clearly because you don't want your team to win. And the bet would have won because LSU won that game eight to six. But it's not like it was some sort of blowout, Chelsea. I mean, you're right. The way no. baseball goes, you never know. How much do you think this goes on? Because you've got to think – there are guys in the NFL that probably have friends and they probably make mm-hmm. texts. And I'm sure that sports books are super dedicated to finding this out. Because remember, mm-hmm. when you sign up for sports books, you've got to give a lot of personal information. You've oh, got to yeah. give your social security number. Clearly, they can look through your text messages. And I think people are starting to realize that, you know, there are no boundaries. If you're doing illegal stuff, they will punish you and they will look yes. through everything to prove you know, whatever case that they're trying to do. But, Jenks, let's put you in this position. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, if you had a friend who was like, hey, Jenks, mm-hmm. so we know you've been great at basketball lately, but can you just, like, 
not score 21 and a half points tonight. How do you even approach that? Because you've got to imagine some of these players have been approached by mm-hmm. people. Because as somebody who, my husband played professional sports, do you know how many people asked him for money? Like just plain and oh. simple. That has nothing to do with gambling. People would just ask him for money. So think about these people who are just not even friends, acquaintances oh of NBA whatever player you can imagine. Think about some of the text messages they hey, oh can you God. get like five rebounds tonight, please? <laughs> I couldn't do it. I couldn't do it. I mean, I morally, I understand it's different. It shouldn't be different. I mean, come on, hold yourself to some sort of standard. I, I couldn't do it. And you can get in a lot of trouble. Also, what I love about this story, you were talking about how much trouble you can get into. The guy's name, the guy who placed this bet, his name is Bert Neff. <laughs> oh, no. Hey, it's Bert Neff. Is it any surprise that Bert Neff might not be the sharpest pencil in the box? And speaking of trouble, he is in trouble. Why? Because this turned into an FBI investigation. And now Bert Neff is facing up to 10 years in the pokey and a fine of up to $250,000 for destroying evidence, tampering with witnesses, and providing false statements to the FBI. So when you talk about getting in trouble, yeah, Bert Neff is in trouble. And was it worth it for this Alabama head coach who was uh, probably making, you know, half a million dollars a year? Yeah. Was this worth it? And you've got to remember, if you were a government employee, which I believe is a public institution, aren't you a public employee? You know, mm-hmm. like people will think of sports as a separate entity. But Nick Saban was a public employee because he was employed by a state university. So they can look through your text messages. Yeah, it's absolutely crazy. And, oh, we have some breaking news. Chelsea, I'm sorry to interrupt this. Punk Phil did not see his shadow. That means we get an early spring. This is not from Adam Schefter, by the way. Normally, he breaks the news on our show. God, is, he's losing this it. Is, <laughs> this he's is lost straight the from Punxsutawney. And Punxsutawney Phil is only right 39% of the time? So do Whoa. we fade him? Do we fade Punxsutawney yeah. Phil? Yeah, fade Punxsutawney Phil. This guy's not, nah, he's not a gambler. He doesn't know what he's talking about. No, it's not an early spring. Not at all. Oh, he's only hit three of his last 10. Not a cold streak right now. Yeah, fade him. Oh, so you go the other way. Can we bet on this somewhere? (laughs) If it's going to be an early spring, does BetMGM offer this? I mean, betting is legal in Pennsylvania. Isn't that where Punxsutawney is? I'm not great with geography. Oh, all right. Well, maybe you can. You can can jump on your local book and maybe find it. Or, you know, there's always a chance that in some foreign market, maybe they'll put it up, something like that. I guess, Chelsea... I guess we have to talk about the NBA. Ah, oh, tonight's schedule is such a grind, but we will start in Atlanta where the Suns are visiting the Hawks. Suns laying three and a half points. Suns minus 160 on the money line. Hawks plus 135. Your total, 247 and a half. Doesn't this line seem real short? It does, but at least the Hawks aren't favored because the last time we saw a really sketchy line with the Hawks, 
They were mm-hmm. five and a half point favorites. So I'm not sure if it's sketchy enough for me to take the Hawks here because you've yeah. got to have a lot of ammo at your disposal if you're going to justify taking one of the worst covering teams in all of the NBA. The Hawks at home this year are a blistering 5-18 and 18 ATS. 5-18. and 18. Overall in the season, they are 12-35 and 35 against the spread. So, Jenks, when you see a team like that, number one, do you even bet on them at all? And number two, what does it take for you to trust a team that's one of the worst covering teams in the association? Yeah, I just don't. Just fade them. Seriously. You mentioned how bad they are against the number. They cover a little more than 25% of the time. To put this in perspective, Punxsutawney Phil is better mm-hmm. than the Hawks, and Punxsutawney Phil has really been struggling over the past decade. So I think you just fade, fade the Hawks here. Keep fading the Hawks until we see otherwise. I like the Suns are coming off that. Not a huge win, but it was a satisfying win for Kevin Durant going back to the Barclays Center and beating his old club. But I just go with the Suns here. Kings and Pacers. This is an interesting one. Kings laying three and a half. Kings minus 150 on the money line. Pacers plus 125. Total 247 and a half. Do you have a call here? I think my initial lean would be on the Pacers, but this line has gone the other direction and it's making me a little nervous. Uh, this one opened uh, closer to pick them, probably one and a half, I think. And now it's sitting at three. I don't know. I think I still want to lean towards the Pacers here. But the problem is Tyrese Halliburton's still on a minutes restriction. He's not going to play probably the whole game. Uh, the last two games, he has played exactly 22 minutes. And there is an interesting sub story here. Because we have talked about the uh, NBA's policy on trying to get guys to play more games, the 65-game minimum to get all of these awards. Tyrese Halliburton is in danger of missing these, uh, missing this, and he's trying to make all NBA. He gets an extra $40 million if he mm-hmm. does so. So now I think they have him playing like 22 minutes just mm-hmm. to avoid this because he has to play at least 20 minutes and at least 65 games. Yeah, and normally I I would like the Pacers here, but I actually like the Kings because because it's the back end of a back-to-back and because they're trying to ease him into the lineup, I worry that they'll say, all right, this is the whole load management thing, right? We, we got to work you into the lineup, but we don't want to overdo it. We want to make sure that you stay healthy. So the Pacers were in New York City last night. Kings had the night off. And I looked at a total here, but... You're talking about two opposite ends of the spectrum because the Kings are the best, what, under team in the league. The Pacers are the best over team. I think I'm going to go Kings, 14-9-1 against the number on the road this season. And the Pacers on back-to-back nights in the spot, Chelsea, 2-7. and seven. So give me Sacramento. Yeah, it's not like my favorite game on the board. Maybe we'd go that direction. I don't know. Don't have a strong feeling. So I'm not going to talk you off of it. All right, let me lay out these next three games. And you tell me which one that you like the most. Oh, my God. Strap in for this blockbuster set. Warriors at Grizzlies. Heat at the Wizards. Clippers at the Pistons. Chalsa, you've got a smorgasbord of (laughs) NBA bets from which to choose here. What game are you on? Yeah, a smorgasbord, kind of like a buffet. (laughs) If you were to go to like the worst buffet place ever, 
Like, what's the worst buffet place? It's not Golden Corral. I do love Golden Corral. Maybe it's Ryan's. I don't know. Oh, buffet places Ryan. aren't like a thing anymore. So, yeah, that's kind of what we're dealing with here. First of all, my question is, are you going to continue to ride the undertrend with the Grizzlies? A total sitting at 222 yep. and a half, hosting the Warriors there, or are we going elsewhere? Because I was looking at this Heat and Wizards game. You know who really needs wins? The Miami Heat. You know who they're playing? The Wizards, who are terrible. Mm. But you know what happens every single time I go against the Wizards? They win. So for that reason, I'm out on that game. But are you going to be making the under in the Grizzlies game one of your official plays? I am not. I want. I really, really want to bet the under in the Heat-Wizards game in a big way. And I mean, we're up early every day for this show, clearly. And already this total has dropped down like three points. But I love the under here. Whenever Miami is on the court, they always play great defense, right? They're the second best team in the NBA to the under when playing on the road, 16 and 8 to the under. And you would think the Wizards are an over team, but they're actually not. They like to play at a high pace. The problem is they're so inefficient on offense. They don't hit the number as much as you think. I would go under. This number continues to dip. Coming up next here on the show, which NFL team is the most disliked on Twitter. We're going to tell you, and we're going to try to figure out why. I have a theory. Chase Chelsea. I'm James. It is a daily tip from BetQL, presented by the king of sportsbooks, BetMGM. Stay right there. BetQL and BetMGM are bringing the big game in Las Vegas to you. Don't miss You Better You Bet and BetMGM Tonight, broadcasting live at Mandalay Bay in Sin City, leading up to the big game starting February 5th. Let's get back to the Daily Tip with Chelsea Messenger and Michael Jenkins, presented by BetMGM on the BetQL Network. Welcome back. It is the Daily Tip with BetQL, presented by BetMGM. Coming up, we will investigate why Twitter says... The Kansas City Chiefs are the most hated team in the National Football League. And you know what? I think I figured it out. I am so ready to turn on Chiefs fans, I can't even put it into words, but I'm going to try. Chelsea, how are you feeling? Sounds like you're sounding better. I haven't seen any coughing off air when you have to turn your microphone off. I feel like you're getting better as the show has gone on. It's always tougher when you first wake up. Well, I still don't feel great, but it's just one of those things that when you start coughing, mm-hmm. it's really hard to stop. Mm. So, you know, it could rear its ugly head, you know, later in the show. We will see. Um, but I guess I feel okay. Like, I'm not, you know, saying this is the best day ever just because I'm not coughing, but I'm all right. Shot of whiskey. That's what you need. Forget going down to CVS, oh, taking an airborne, the Theraflu, Sudafet, whatever. Just walk into the kitchen. If you got a little shot there, you throw one back during the break. You come back. It coats the throat. It calms down the cough. And then also you're a little calmer for the last hour of the show. That's a win-win-win across the board. Well, here's the problem. I'm coughing up stuff. So oh. not only is it going to go down my throat, it's going to go up my throat. Oh, so okay. I'm going to politely pass. I don't want to taste shot. it twice. 
I tried. I did my best. I was trying to get you all on the old booze train because it's Friday, Chelsea. So this is pretty interesting. Based on Twitter data, X data, in the last 90 days, tracking negative sentiment via tweets like, I hate the Cowboys or screw the Eagles, whatever it may be. More than 120,000 tweets have been tracked. And based on that knowledge, based on those numbers, the Kansas City Chiefs are the most disliked team in the NFL. The Cowboys are two, the Eagles are three, then Ravens, Patriots, Giants, Jets, and you scroll all the way down at the bottom, Colts, Jags, no one cares about those guys. So do you have a theory as to why people cannot stand the Kansas City Chiefs? Well, there is something different this year than that there has been in years past. Hmm, wonder what it is. I think a certain player is dating a certain very popular music star. Her name is Taylor Swift, who, you know, conjures up some really hot takes. So think about it. Before this year, were the Kansas City Chiefs one of the most hated fan bases in football? No. Last year, what would you say this this list would be? Would it be the Eagles, the Cowboys, you know, maybe the mm-hmm. Raiders fans being like really over the top? But you wouldn't put the Chiefs fans in there. So I don't think this is the Chiefs fans' fault. I think this is just squarely people being tired of hearing about Taylor Swift and Travis Kelsey. I have never turned on a fan base like I have turned on the Kansas City Chiefs. I'm not kidding. When I thought of the Chiefs, when I thought of the Chiefs and their fan base in the past, I would think, oh, great Midwestern town, great sports fans, historical franchise, generational quarterback. Who doesn't love Andy Reid and those cheeseburgers? And then I turned because a couple weeks ago, we posted one of our videos And it was me picking the Bills over the Chiefs. No big deal. And for two straight weeks, these babies, these adult babies, act like I was pushing their mom in the middle of a crosswalk or kicking their dogs. Like, it's unbelievable, the pettiness. Adult babies, a bunch of adult babies. So what? I got to pick wrong. I've heard so many times, Chelsea, oh, this aged well, this aged well. So what? I miss picks all the time. We make picks on this show, multiple picks every day across multiple sports. So I picked the Bills two weeks ago. Congratulations to the Chiefs. They looked awesome. And these guys have no idea how to handle winning at all. Crybabies, absolute crybabies. Arrowhead Stadium is just a huge crib for a bunch of adult babies walking around in their Depends, telling everyone about how they overcame the odds because for the first time in years, they've been underdogs. I thought you guys were champions. I thought you guys knew how to carry yourself or yourselves. I thought you guys were building a dynasty. Instead, it is one petulant child after the other. And I hope the Niners drag them in the Super Bowl. I hope they get buried. I hope Brock Purdy throws for eight touchdowns. I hope Christian McCaffrey rushes for 1,041 yards in the first quarter. And then when it's over, Chelsea, you mentioned Taylor Swift. I hope Travis Kelsey, with a tear 
running down his eye, kneels in front of Taylor Swift and says, Taylor, will you marry me? And she says, Travi, I bet she calls him Travi. She says, get ready to take another L because the answer is no. I have an album to write and it's all about you. We're breaking up. That's how I want this to end. I am over Kansas City fans, over them. Okay, let me ask you a question. Do you think these people commenting on your video are Mm -hmm. an accurate representation of the actual fan base? Because I think you could say this about every single team. If you say something negative about a team, somebody's going to come out of the woodwork and, you know, stick up for their team. Because the internet is kind of like a funhouse. It is not an accurate depiction of, you know, the people who are walking around every day. How many Chiefs fans do you know in person? I know three here in D.C. Do you hate them all? No, they're great. They're good friends of mine, close friends of mine. But here's the thing. It's all relative, right? Look, internet commenters are going to be internet commenters. Trolls are going to be trolls. It happens all the time. I mean, all the time, right? It never ends. So that's, that's not new. But I'm stunned at how many people two weeks later are so offended by just someone picking against them. Like, that's the thing. It's like, this is nothing. Like, congratulations. I was wrong. Like I said, I'm wrong all the time. You won the game. Like, the number of people who are still coming out of the woodwork for a a simple pick against them two weeks ago, that's what I can't get past. I'm like, what are you guys doing? Like, you act like you just won a t-ball game for the first time. You finally got your first ribbon when people said you couldn't do it. And you're like, see? See? See what we did? Babies absolute babies like that's what gets me i understand every fan base has those fans that don't fully represent everyone else but i've never seen a fan base be so childish for no real reason when they're champions like when you're a champion if you're in the middle of a dynasty i'd be like dude that guy got it wrong guess what we're under the super you're getting ready to play in the super bowl why are you worried about what happened in a bills game two weeks ago that's what i don't get I just think this phenomenon is not limited to the Chiefs because I had to turn the comments off on one of our national championship videos Mm -hmm. because I took the points with Washington. And guess who came for me? The entire Michigan fan base. Am I pointing at Michigan and saying, well, this is specific, you know, Mm -hmm. to Michigan and, you know, this is only Michigan's problem? No, it's just people like to point out when people are wrong. I think people like to take people like us and say, oh, you were wrong. So smart, aren't you? Well, we don't get it right 100% of the time. It's really difficult. And let's see your video where you laid this all out and predicted this before the game because it's very easy after the fact to say, see, you should have taken this side. Uh, Duh. If I would have seen the game like you just did, it would have been a lot easier to make a pick. So I just don't feel like this is something that is limited to the Chiefs. Because if you were talking about an entire fan base and you take this year mm-hmm. out of it, like what's the big difference? Like one year, you know, all of their fan base, fan base didn't just turn into different people. That's what I'm getting at. I get it. I think it's because they're spoiled. <laughs> That's what I'm leaning into this completely because for the first time, look, the chiefs are amazing, right? Their team is unbelievable. What Patrick Mahomes has done is incredible. Kelsey was like, so for, and I love Andy Reid, but I think for the first time for a team that looks like it's building a dynasty, 
they've had some doubters because of how they finished the season. So that doubt is warranted. Now, clearly they've stepped up and they've become the team that they've been in previous seasons. But it's because people have doubted them for the first time. Like they got so accustomed to being on the throne and people saying, oh, the Chiefs, oh, Kansas City, you're so great. Oh, your barbecue's delicious. Mm, mm, oh, mm, you guys are just the best. Arrowhead stands a lot. Like they got so accustomed to all the plaudits they were getting that finally someone said, you know, I don't know if this is the Chiefs year that they just lost their minds. Like that's what I think it is. And now, which is crazy to me that they're an underdog in the Super Bowl, but I think it's the doubt that has been cast against them, which is something they haven't experienced in recent history. In recent history, underdogs in the Super Bowl last year. And what are all the narratives that we have heard about the Chiefs? Oh, well, Patrick Mahomes can't win on the road in the playoffs. Mm, that narrative didn't last long. Uh, right. What about the year that he lost Tyreek Hill? Oh, Patrick Mahomes is not going to be good when he loses Tyreek Hill. Uh, he still won a Super Bowl. So I do mm. think that there's been doubt cast on the Chiefs. You know, in previous years, it's just they've disproven it. So maybe you don't remember it as much. Uh, I mean, I think it's relative. Like, I don't know if I agree with that. Like, I doubt is like, okay, they're not going to be as good with Tyree Kill. But I don't think anyone thought that they were just suddenly going to fall off. This is this is the first year where, regardless of who they had at receiver, look, they were dropping passes. Patrick Mahomes was frustrated. He was angry about that call against the Bills in Kansas City where he walked off the field. He was complaining about like, yeah, there was some doubt, like, relative to previous years. But this is the first year that there was a real conversation about have the Chiefs taken a real step down as opposed to will they drop off a little bit? What about the year that Patrick Mahomes looked absolutely terrible in the Super Bowl? There were plenty of doubters then, and that's the worst I think I've ever seen him look. Like, even this year when he has been throwing the tantrums on the sideline, that Super Bowl was absolutely god-awful. Well, they got beat by a better team. I mean, that Tampa Bay defense, when Patrick Mahomes was running for his life in that game, you know? So, and they still made the Super Bowl. They still made the Super Bowl. Coming up next here on the show, oh, we are going to talk about Super Bowl 58. Niners and Chiefs, and maybe we'll be nice to both teams, especially Kansas City. It is an daily tip from BetQL, presented by BetMGM. Hour 3 coming away next. For more, listen to The Daily Tip presented by BetMGM. Weekday mornings from 6 to 9 Eastern on the BetQL Network, the Odyssey app, or wherever you get your podcasts.